yesterday in our, in our first steps class. That, that harmony and unity is, should be the goal of, of us as Christians, as believers. And we know that we come from varied backgrounds. We have varied beliefs. We have different styles. We have different gifts. And what's wonderful about the idea of harmony is right here. See, unity is wonderful, but harmony is beautiful. Unity is this. There's a D. There's a D. And there's a D. That's unity. Playing the exact same thing. But harmony is... Does that sound more rich to you? Harmony is three different notes, four different notes in the same key, which means it agrees with each other. Each one agreeing with each other, but it's a little bit different. There's a chord there. Harmony means that you're different than me. You have different gifts, styles, but in Christ, the key that unites us, we bring these things together to make something more beautiful and more full than it is when we just all act like me or act the exact same way. I like to go to Disneyland. We have passes. I like the quartets that sing on Main Street. Now, some of you may not understand music real well and realize what's happening. You have four people singing four different parts. And when it comes together, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I, I wish we could do an example with that and have them do their part and then have them all sing the same thing. And you would walk right by that. If there was four guys out there singing in unison the same exact note, you wouldn't even stop to listen. But that harmony that they create together is rich and full. The body of Christ is supposed to live in harmony. You bring your gift. You bring your ability. United in the key of Jesus Christ. See, see, it has to be united. And, and I was really praying a lot and going through this and, and went, you know, I'm just going to talk about, you know, having difficulties with your neighbors and, and other people. And yes, that's, that's part of it. But the thing that binds us together is being in Christ. See, the Gentiles and the Jews without Christ still would have had a disagreement. But in Christ, Paul's helping us to realize in Christ, we come together as one under one head. Now, back at the beginning of, of verse 11, he says, remember. Remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh. Oh, he doesn't even want them to consider themselves Gentiles anymore. You used to be considered Gentiles in the flesh, but now you're grafted in. You're part of the family. But we need to remember See, we as Christians, there's another division that happens, and that's the division between Christian and non-Christian. And, and we have to be careful as Christians to not live in such a way that we push 
those who don't know Christ away from us. We can be very repelling people if we are, are so locked in, and not in our beliefs, but locked in and just, just get this, the, the right hand of fellowship is supposed to be to join together, but instead we use it to push people away and we condemn people because they aren't saved. Now, here's what's great about condemnation. We don't have to condemn anybody. People are condemned already, the Bible says. If they're outside of Christ, they're condemned already. So I'm going to take, uh, take a pressure off of all of us in here. You don't have to condemn anybody. Isn't that great? So your work is done, you know. You've, 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 you've done a great job doing it in the past, but you don't have to do it anymore because if somebody's outside of Christ, the Bible says they're condemned already. You don't have to condemn them. Isn't that wonderful? A sigh of relief. Good, because it's been so hard to condemn all these people. And there's so many to condemn. Let's pick the groups. Uh, yes, I've, tongue in cheek, I'm being, a, I'm being a little funny in this situation, but we, can, we tend to push people away by the condemning lifestyles. But here we're encouraged to remember that we used to be one of them. Now you go, you know what? I was never a drug addict. I was never a homosexual. I was never an adulterer. I never was a murderer. And so you might, we might feel like we can condemn those groups of people because I was never one of them, and those are bad people, right? No. They're unsaved. They're lost, whether they live a mostly moral life or an extremely immoral life. Outside of Christ, they're outside of Christ, period. And all of us were outside of Christ, and you might be outside of Christ today. Maybe you've come, so I'm going to check this thing out. And, and, and I hope you hear the message that, that we can be united together in Christ because what he did for us. And when we begin to feel a self-righteousness rising up inside of us, we need to remember that he is good and we are not. One of the problems in, in prejudice, in stereotyping, in racism, and, and, and the truth is we're, we're, we're going to always notice somebody's color. We're going to notice uh, things about them. That doesn't mean that, that we don't like people. There's just some truth in it. Um, but, and even that there's differences in culture. We were having this conversation upstairs because I've been having this conversation all week, so I made the worship team listen to it. I don't think it's derogatory, in my heart it's definitely not, it's not derogatory for me to say that Mexicans like tortillas. Now it's stereotypical, there's probably a few Mexicans who don't like tortillas. Tortillas are a huge part of the Mexican diet. When I go, and they have way good tortillas. I mean the tortillas you buy at the store, they're nothing. When you go down to Mexico, they, I'm like how come we can't make good tortillas here? You know, I mean, it's just, but that we have amazing, wonderful tortillas. That's not derogatory. It's just a, a statement that says, for the most part. So, so there can be things that are true most of the time, but we don't want to group people in and just say, yeah, and them tortilla-eating Mexicans. Oh, wait a second. I just crossed the boundary, didn't I? And, 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 and anyone knows I love Mexico, I love Hispanics, so this, there is no, no animosity in my heart at all. We, cr we cross lines. See, one of the things I, I, I was feeling is that when we feel that a 
group of people, whether it's based on race or belief or, or color, just the color of skin, oh my goodness, make somebody less than because of that, that's when we are in real danger. Because their color is dark, they are less than me. Because they have less money than me, they are less than me. Because they're spoiled, rich little baby brats, they are less than me because I know what it's like to really work and they've never had to work an honest day in their life and they just got handed all this money and you go, oh my goodness, prejudice goes every way. It goes every way. I have been the victim of prejudice. I had people want to kill me because I was a white American. I was in Ukraine and had an ex-KGB officer come out of his building when I was preaching and he came down and he had a gun on him and he was going to shoot me dead. Thank God my team that I was working with interrupted him, began to share the gospel with him as I was preaching from the main stage in, in a little village in Ukraine and they led him to Jesus Christ right there on the spot. He wanted to kill me for no other reason than I was a white American, well he was white too, that I was American. That was it. He'd never met me. He wasn't even listening to what I was talking about. He got saved, and this testimony was wonderful because I didn't know any of this was happening. I saw him back there, and I'm like, that's him. He had a big trench coat on, and, and it kind of looked different, and there kinda, you could tell it was a big conversation going on. Next thing I know, we're done with our outreach. We're walking to the bus, and he's walking with us. I'm like, very cool. And so one of the guys who spoke English on the team, he says, did you hear what happened? And I says, no, what happened? He says, he's ex-KGB. He came to kill you. And I says, praise the Lord. I said, what's he doing here with us now? <laughs> right? I mean, I, I did. But it was, and he goes, and, and he gave his life to Jesus. And he got saved. And he says, I am, we had to walk a mile through a countryside in Ukraine. And again, unfortunately, I mean, I kind of stand out. I look American. And, and he says, it's dangerous out there. There might be other people who want to kill him too. So I'm going to walk you and be your guard. Okay. I've been the victim. I was, I was robbed at knife point in Guatemala when I lived there. Guess why? Because I was a rich American. I was a missionary. But I was a rich American, and they figured I'm a good target. So they targeted me, and they put the knife in my throat, and they took my computer, and they, you know, it was the, which I had all my study and all my music on, and they took my Bible, they took my wedding ring. And why? Because I was white, and white people have money. So, yeah, I've been, the, I've been the victim of stereotyping as well. And it's not fun. Because after that, I, f I felt like everyone was looking at me, and I felt like I had a big dollar sign on my back. Because I'm white. And the truth is, I have way more money, even as a poor missionary, than the average person did. So there was truth in it. Things divide us, and they shouldn't. People, can, you, can, you can discriminate to the rich, and the rich can discriminate against the poor, the blacks against the whites, the whites against the blacks. The blacks. We've been seeing that Ferguson, all these places. There's the, it, we don't even know uh, which which way it's going now. Was there real discrimination from the white cop to the black boy, or is the community rising up just against white people because of the past? It's everything. It's all of it. 
And God wants to bring us together in Christ. And stop feeling that anybody is less than and realizes, as I really appreciate Randall saying this morning, realize that we are all less than. We are less than God's requirement. We are less than able to reach heaven. We are less than able to become holy and righteous on our own. And we need a Savior. And the color of the Savior's skin was probably not white. But the color of his blood was red. And we need to come together racially, culturally, socioeconomically, and every other way under Christ and say, what does Christ care about? Well, if you're in Christ, you're in Christ regardless of your culture, your, your socioeconomic status, your color, whether you like to, to beat on, on drums and play metal things in, in Africa, and they, they know how to celebrate and dance around. I mean, you know, when, when, when American teams go to places like Africa to a Christian church, it's, I've heard this. Um, Shannon got to go. I mean, it's almost hard for them not to think that these people are crazy or voodoo or something because they're celebrating so much. They're celebrating Jesus. If they, if they came in, a whole bunch of people, right from, from Kenya today and started celebrating the way they do, all of us would be like, ah, it's a little weird. They're in Christ, and so are we. And we're bound together. So we don't want to make divisions. And what we have to be really careful of is that our uh, political views, uh, our culture that we've been raised in, um, our, our economic status, that we begin to push other people away because they're different. The Bible, that was still an issue. Remember, Paul was talking about, he says, what is this? When the rich person comes into your meeting, you give him the best seat, and the poor person, you're telling him, sit on the floor. They were doing it 2,000 years ago. Well, you know, we've, we can't do that in, in, the, in the church. Pastors have to be very careful. You know, here, here, here's something. You just kind of throw in there. Pastors, I don't know. I, I think some pastors really have to fight the temptation to treat parishioners that have money in a different way because, boy, we, we know we've got to pay the bills of the church somehow. It's temptation. No, we're in Christ. God is our provision. God unifies us together doesn't matter where we've come from one of the things that's happening right now and I believe the enemy is behind this and, and I'm not going to get into which side is right because th that's, a, that's a worldly point of view the race the, the difference between the political sides in this country is the next great division and we are being divided against other believers because we tend to lean this way or they tend to lean that way. And hatred is coming out of mouths on both sides of the aisle over political views. And I'll tell you, as a Christian, the only view that counts is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, we all have fears that this nation is going to go a certain way. I mean, everyone, everyone, every good-meaning American has a fear that America is going to go in a way that they don't think is healthy. And that's why we're heated. We have a view. Our view is very worldly. 
it's not supernatural. Our view is based on only this world. What if you were born in Nazi Germany in 1938? What if you were born in the Middle East right now? If you were born in Africa, how about Sierra Leone? Take, all, take so many countries, and the political environment that you're being raised in is extremely different. And you actually have no say in any of it. The only thing you want to do is stay alive and as a believer, serve Jesus and help other people to know Jesus. We've had people from this church who moved to Hong Kong to smuggle Bibles into China. And there's always different political parties on, on, on every country. And so one of the things they did is when they smuggled Bible to a, to a new Christian, before they gave it to him, they'd said, now which political party do you believe? Because, you know, yeah, you're a Christian, but if you're... No! They said, here's a Bible. Here's a Bible. Because Christ unifies us. Everything else is a distraction. And we need to get rid of it in Jesus' name. Now, the problem is that it's hard to just say things and have people change. Wow, Pastor Rob, I'm just going to do that. We have to come face to face with Jesus Christ and what he's done and realize that my fears and my viewpoints and my culture and, and my, you know, if everything that comes in is not just secondary. It should be third and fourth and fifth and way down the line to Jesus Christ who binds us together. And we should be promoting him and lifting him up and pray that God, you know, we'll go to the political thing for a second. Here's, here's the best political stance. God, will you bless this nation with every spiritual blessing? Cause this nation to be a nation that honors you and helps people know you in the whole world. That's an okay prayer to pray for the politics of this land. You can vote how you want, but as believers, we should never be building walls against somebody coming to Christ or having fellowship in Christ. We need to build those bridges and open the doors to discussion, especially about who Jesus is. But let us be a people who, in every area of life, when we do have our differences, would welcome conversation. Just, just absolutely welcome it and, and be able to listen to people who, who have differing opinions, even if you, I mean, uh, come on. I've talked to people who think the world is flat. There's, there's people who believe the world's flat. I'm like, are you really, really? The moon landing was faked. You know, I mean, we need to learn how we can have a discussion and hear somebody's point of view. Wow, it's interesting. That's a great word, by the way. Wow, that's interesting. Can I share something with you? Jesus Christ loves you. He loves me. And we just go to lift Jesus up and bring unity in the faith instead of division racially, culturally, socioeconomically, religiously. Yeah, I believe there's a lot of religions that are teaching false things. Islam is not the truth. The Bible says it's not. Should I hate Muslims? I think not. Should I help everyone?
come to know Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Yelling at them ain't going to do it. You know, uh, culturally, here's another cultural thing. You know, you can, you, you can have the wrong approach to things. Shannon and I used to just laugh about this. In, 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 in a lot of Latin American countries, Guatemala, Mexico, they think the best advertising method is to put a speaker like this big in the front of their store, turn the music all the way up, and have somebody yelling on a microphone to come in for their sale. That's how they, have you ever experienced that? Anyone been out again? I walk on the other side of the street. I won't go into that store. It's too chaotic and loud and crazy. Now, in their culture, it works. In their culture, that's how it's done. My culture is not how it's done. So I don't go into those stores. Well, not too many people respond well to you yelling at them and telling them that they're idiots. You're just an idiot for the beliefs you have. I can't believe how dumb you are. Do you ever go to school? Do you ever go to civics? Come on. Oh, by the way, Jesus loves you. Want to go to church with me? <laughs> We're going to be full by next week, I'm sure. As we read this. Let us be encouraged that we used to be away from Christ, but we are now one in him. And our job is to help other people come to Christ. I become all things to all people that by any means some might be one, Paul says. I can learn how to listen to ideas I don't agree with because I want somebody to know the God who sent his only son to die for sins that I could not redeem on my own, that I could not uh, get rid of, that I could not earn a salvation. He sent his son to die for me so that I could know him here and live forever in heaven, dancing on the streets of gold, as we talked about this morning. A lot of our worship came right out of uh, Revelation this morning. It was awesome. That's where we put our eyes, is the end. And if we can keep an eternal view on everything, we're going to we're going to see Christ in people and the potential of Christ in people. And I'm going to throw this out. If you have an aversion to a specific group of people, I want to encourage you to spend some time with God and say, God, change my heart. Because you likely are just a victim of what, people, what, have ha what has happened in your life. You know, a dog who gets kicked tends to not like people. They've been trained to not like people. A black person who has been put down and beat up and, and rejected because of the color of the skin tends to have issues with white people. A white kid who grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood who the exact same thing happened to tends to have fears and insecurities around people of color. If you have an aversion to a group of people, whether it's socioeconomic, it's rich people or poor people, whether it's person of a color or person of an ethnicity, I encourage you to get with God and say, God, change my heart. Because he's got to do a work inside of you. And I believe he will. Let's, let's pray together. God, this is a a, a very charged type of message today. 
God, with lots of ability to step on toes and to offend. And Lord, you know my heart, and I pray that everyone else would know my heart, that we just want to see your name lifted high. God, when you came, you did not ask what color we were before you died for us. You didn't ask if we had enough money or if we had too much money. You died, Jesus, you died for us all. God, I would pray that, that our eyes would be focused upon you, that we would know you and we would remember where we came from to give us compassion and grace and love. God, your word says that you loved the world. Give us your heart that we would love the world. We would serve others. We would not think that others were less than us. You would change our heart and realize that we are all less than you. And without you, we can do nothing and we need you. God, that you would help us to understand that every person has a gift and an ability and we should use those to to be in harmony with each other and let the richness of our differences shine through being united in the key of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that we would put you before our our, uh, political views, we would put you before our cultural views and we would just be lovers of Jesus and desiring that all would come to salvation is the Bible says that is what you want that God is desiring that all would be saved God I thank you for the privilege of, of serving with this amazing group of people here God that together you're, you brought us together to reach this community for you and to let the light of Jesus shine forth through us as a family as a congregation at Christian Center Continue to move us forward, advancing the kingdom and growing to love each other more and more as we see the day of your return coming quickly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Greet some people.